and a very good morning or maybe afternoon since uh, I said morning and usually I'm, I'm saying that when I'm on every Tuesday morning from 7 until 9 but uh, no that's my show tomorrow Radio Base Camp uh, today it is uh, my uh, a good fortune to uh, give you the general manager's uh, report to the listeners and I get a, an opportunity to do this uh, once a month uh, on the third Monday of uh, every month and uh, it's really um, always a great opportunity to talk about some uh, things that are happening uh, inside here at the WPKN and also a chance to invite some uh, really fantastic nonprofit groups uh, to come in and uh, talk a little bit about their mission and any uh, special events they might have coming up. So let me uh, just uh, briefly uh, run down who is going to be on the show today, and I'll give a little bit more fuller details as we go uh, forward. But um, I'm going to be uh, speaking first with John Bastone from Record Riots because uh, this is the start of uh, our very own Music Mash Record Fair. It's uh, our biggest fundraiser of the year. It takes place at Reed's Art Space, and uh, we are we're sold out of tables. Uh, I'm going to have John talk about where we are, where we stand. But uh, it's exciting to be uh, sold out uh, for the first time since uh, you know COVID uh, for dealers. Um, we're going to be speaking with uh, LifeBridge Community Services, a nonprofit based in Westport. Uh, they have a uh, really wonderful uh, event, a gala. It's something that's free, and a lot of people are talking about it here in Bridgeport. So that's uh, that's always good to hear. Uh, we're also going to be talking with um, some folks from uh, not only the uh, Greater Bridgeport Transit Authority, but also uh, the Norwalk Transit um, Authority. They uh, are in charge of all the, the transit buses, and, uh, you know, it is Earth Day coming up, so we thought we'd get a little uh, update on, on how their, um, their work is going uh, we are, let's, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Let's start off right now with, uh, John Bastone. John is on the phone. He, he runs uh, record riots, which helps us quite a bit. And also in their, uh, their business is to run record fairs and record shows all over the tri-state area, if not beyond. Hey, John, are you there? I am here, Steve. Good morning. Good, uh, good, good morning, afternoon. That's right. I, I did the same thing. <laughs> I guess it's Monday. Yeah. Uh, hey, it, I was just saying that uh, tables have sold out for we, this. We, 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 we're we're going to be uh, bursting at the seams on Saturday. Yeah, well, that's exciting. And, not only, and it's not just quantity, it's quality. We've got a lot of the best dealers coming up to this show this time. We even, we even have one dealer coming up from Cleveland for this event. Really? So, wow. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. it is exciting because I know that... Uh, you know, there are more and more of these shows that are popping up, but uh, we've had one of the bigger ones uh, in New England. And with your help, from the very start, uh, when we, we were at uh, FTC, before the warehouse was a actually you know, a theater, it was a just, it literally was a warehouse, and we had, had our first event there. So, But this, uh, this year, it's the same uh, setup in, the, in a sense. We've got a couple of food trucks outside, uh, and we're going to be able to, um, we've got a Mostly, uh, you know, record record purveyors, but also we've got plenty of uh, CD vendors. And what are some of the other other folks that? Uh, uh, there's t-shirts and uh, uh, t-shirts, CDs, uh, some sorts of some memorabilia, and uh, 
you know, got, got an even, uh, uh, you know, better than me. We just added uh, Miriam from Norton Records, so yeah, we have that's a good. we have a legitimate record label there selling with us. And uh, oh, the archive is going to be there. I'm sure they're going to have some uh, some DVDs there. Or the their self released DVDs, and they're they're a local group uh, doing great things for the community. We're going to have all sorts of stuff there. Yeah, you, you know, never know what you'll find right. at a record riot or a music match. Well, it, it's also interesting because uh, that Saturday, the twenty second. You know, this Saturday coming up is uh, also International Record Store Day, so uh, it's all—it seems to be all about records uh, on Saturday, and we're going to have thousands of them and uh, all different price points. It's a family uh, event. Uh, we are going to be opening up uh, Early Bird, and we're actually uh, reducing our prices from twenty dollars to fifteen dollars for the Early Bird uh, option that goes from uh, eight o'clock until ten. We're also uh, reducing our, our entrance price to. Uh, back to five dollars where we started so we're uh, fighting inflation somehow uh, making it making it work well, we're, 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 try, we're trying to grease the wheels to get uh, to get as big a crowd as we possibly can and uh, hopefully that will provide some encouragement yeah lots of lots of social media out there you guys have been helping quite a bit uh, oh yeah we, we've, we've got we well the uh, the blitzkrieg has started today we've, we've got a big blitz going yeah, on and, and today we're happy to have a full page ad also in the sound magazine which is music and culture for connecticut and new york it's on page six and it's a full page uh four color advertisement for music mash so uh, we're really looking forward to it and i hope that many of you listening uh if you haven't uh, given it a try it's a lot of fun we're going to be spinning records with some of our WPCAN djs the uh we're going to be setting up our tent either inside or if the weather is good john we're going to actually set it up I in just front the most updated record uh, the, the most updated forecast it's now looking like it's going to be a really nice day i think that would be very exciting well then, i think we'll set it up and then yeah. and, and, and you know again it'll draw people from the street saying uh What's going on over here? I exactly. think that would be a great thing if we're well, able to pull I, that I, off. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Yep. All right, John. We'll see you on Friday as we get set thing, set up all the tables and get things going for our Saturday event, Music Mash yep. Record Fair. Thanks, John. Well, looking forward to it. See you then. All Thanks. Right. Yeah, Have a great day. Good. Thanks. All right. Uh, uh, that's uh, it's really exciting for us because it, uh, it's a lot of moving parts, but uh, it's the, the venue itself. Uh, at the um, Reed's Art Space, it's really an incredible uh, space because it's a ground. It's actually a ground floor of what was, used to be a department store, and now it's been turned into a gallery space. So I mean, it's all painted white and has track lighting, and so it's a really conducive place to uh, just to kind of hang out and to uh, be able to see. Uh, see what you're looking at, and uh, we're going to have some refreshments, and what else? Um, uh, Well, you're just going to have to come and see Music Mash this Saturday uh, in Bridgeport. All right, uh, I wanted to uh, introduce uh, a little bit, uh, some background on uh, LifeBridge Community Services. Um, One of the first things that really jumps off of the website is the fact that it was a nonprofit that that actually has roots that go back 170 years. I don't think I've ever talked to any nonprofit in Bridgeport that can make that uh, that claim. Uh, The the mission, their mission statement is partnering with individuals, uh, youth, and families to uh, improve well-being, 
to strengthen resilience and uh, just to try to create a brighter future. Uh, the um, facilities and some of the services are a combination of behavioral health services, youth development programs, uh, asset building resources for families. And um, I'm happy to have uh, uh, several of uh, people who are uh, aligned or leaders of this uh, nonprofit. Edith Boyle is uh, the president and CEO, and, and she's here. And uh, also, um, she'll talk a little bit about the honorees of uh, an event that they have coming up on April 27th at the Knowlton. It's called Creating from the Heart. And I have two of the, uh, I guess maybe the two honorees that uh, are receiving an award, um, Shanika Rucker and Razul Branch. So we'll hear from them a little bit as well. Uh, we're also going to try to get uh, 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 Say Adams um, on the phone. Now, Say Adams is a, a graphic designer, uh, a visual artist, but probably the most incredible thing is that he's a founding creative director of Def Jam Recordings, which uh, pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing uh, record label, especially back when they were dealing with uh, the early days of, of hip-hop recordings. Um, so we'll hear from him on the phone. Uh, so let's start with uh, Edith. Um, Edith, uh, I've, this uh, event coming up uh, is obviously really important to you. It's a, it's a big event, it's, but it's actually free, uh, yes. which I think is something that we want to stress from the outset, that this is not a ticketed event, but there are some other things that are happening having to do with art. But talk a little bit about the... Uh, the concept of how you came up with uh, creating from the heart and then, you know, dovetail into some of the honorees that uh, are here in the uh, studio. Sure, I'd be happy to do so. Thank Thank you again for having us. Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, as you had mentioned, our focus at LifeBridge, you know, we've been, again, in the community for 170 years. We're actually located on the west side of Bridgeport um, is where we're headquartered. So we've been serving the Bridgeport community specifically for a long time. And with our focus um, on improving well-being and strengthening resilience through both behavioral health services and youth development programming, um, we, we recognize that art um, is an effective clinical treatment modality. It's a vehicle for expressing our lived experiences, um, processing past traumas. It does promote and facilitate healing, right? And so we wanted to do this event, uh, Creating from the Heart, Cultivating Our Beloved Community, to really highlight that and to celebrate some of the um, amazing talent in Bridgeport as well. Yeah. A lot of good uh, artists. In yeah, Bridgeport. no doubt. I mean, that's uh, certainly, uh, that's one of the, 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 the leading, uh, really the leading forces, I think, is uh, the creative creative juices, the creatives who are moving to Bridgeport, who are creating in Bridgeport, living and creating in Bridgeport with all the different, uh, you know, work and live opportunities that we have. And I think it's, uh, yeah, art is, is something pretty pretty good to focus on, I think. 
Sure. And we have a really good lineup for the event, too. Um, the doors open at 4 p.m. at the Knowlton on April 27th, and then the main event will start at 5. Mm-hmm. Um, but not only do we have, like you had mentioned, our keynote, Say Adams, who, again, is the founding creative director of Def Jam Recordings. He's going to share his experience as an artist and his journey. But we also um, will be featuring art from many Bridgeport artists, um, the art from the students participating in our youth after-school youth program, and... Um, um, uh, Dr. Miza Akbar mm-hmm. will speak briefly. And, um, you know, LifeBridge received designation recently as one of eight urban trauma centers in Connecticut. And so with that, our clinicians are receiving training to better understand and address um, racial trauma specifically. So Dr. Miza Akbar is an expert um, in this area, and um, she's also the chief diversity officer at the Mm. American Psychological Association. So we're happy that she'll also be able to um, be present and speak a little bit um, to to urban and racial trauma as well. Wow. Now, the the gallery uh, that is going to be set up, then there's an auction. Is that... Uh is that a silent auction type of uh, process? Yes, yeah. and um, the art that will be uh, sold, um, displayed and sold, is currently um, online. If you go to our website mm. at lifebridgect.org, um, anyone who's interested in bidding on those pieces and, again, supporting the um, art community here in Bridgeport, please do so. And then um, you'll be able to view the art um, at the gallery and um, obviously will be sold to um, to those uh, who purchase the item in mm-hmm. price bids. Um, but I did want to say, you know, you mentioned both um, Shanika and, and Raz here. We, you know, as part of this event, it was important to our planning committee to honor um, a couple members of specifically the Bridgeport community who have provided really impactful and meaningful service um, to the community. And they, they've, through their careers and through their life, have really fostered well-being in the community. Um, you know, Shanika um, is a Bridgeport artist and mental health clinician who's utilized art to promote healing herself. She's volunteered as a mentor and you know, across several organizations over the years, and she continues to do important work in the community around mental aware- mental health awareness mm. and healing. Um, and then through the years, Razul, which a lot of people know Raz, but um, I think he's been sort of maybe a um, a, a silent champion, um, doing so much in the community, yeah. but maybe doesn't always get the um, recognition that he absolutely deserves. Um, he has volunteered his time and services to better the Bridgeport community. And honestly, to engage others in educating themselves about what's happening around them. Um, yeah, he's no done doubt. a lot of work with public art projects um, and that sort of thing. So we're excited to be able to uh, yeah. recognize and honor I see, Raz as well. I see Raz is a very busy uh, individual. Uh, I see him all over the city. But he, he I always said he's, uh, well, he said he's a placemaker. And I then I add, he's a tastemaker. <laughs> He has good taste, and he also puts puts together some great events as well. And uh, the BPT creates is a really interesting. Uh, I think it's a nonprofit. If it, if it, it doesn't it's a for-profit. it doesn't matter what it is. It's just a good. It's just a good <laughs> operation, right? It is. Uh, and yeah, well, congratulations. So that's. Uh, I mean, I think these are two well, well deserving uh, honorees. You know, uh, for your event. Uh, you know, you were talking about uh, trauma and and. and you know, Bridgeport Bridgeport carries with it a lot of statistics. Sometimes the statistics are great, and then sometimes the statistics are are, are, are sad. You know, uh, 
it, it's one of those cities. I've lived here now for maybe seven, eight years, and 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 we anyone who lives in Bridgeport loves Bridgeport. But Bridgeport has issues. You know, uh, some of these statistics that were from your website were, you know, sometimes hard to look at. But uh, like, for example, that. Uh, one in every three children in Bridgeport lives in poverty. That Bridgeport is the largest city in the state. Some people don't realize that, but it is. And the fifth poorest with an unemployment rate of almost 12% compared to less than 6% for Connecticut. And then the idea of trauma, the, it says that by the time a child in Bridgeport reaches adulthood, they have already experienced two or three trauma-related events in a city where you know we do have... I mean, the crime rate is what it is, and it's, it's not, not, not something we brag about. Uh, but, I mean, it, it is definitely uh, so important for social service groups to be located in, in Bridgeport. And maybe you want to talk, do any of you want to talk about just the challenges, uh, some of the main challenges that you deal with uh, with Bridgeport? I mean, it's kind of a full, big question, but you know, what what is what are some of the things that you really are trying to deliver um, with uh, with LifeBridge, either in terms of summer camps or sure. other types of one-on-one or group group therapy? You yeah, know? like with many um, communities across the U.S., I think access to services continues to be an issue. Um, Bridgeport is in what's considered a HIPSA, a health professional shortage area, which is designated by the federal government. And so um, per capita, we, we really don't have the number of mental health professionals that are needed to, mm-hmm. to really address the need. Um, in a recent um, community survey or, or community needs assessment, excuse me, um, that was done by Bridgeport Hospital, um, the community is saying themselves that that's one of their top three issues is access, um, getting access to services. And so the the support of individuals like Shanika um, is absolutely critical. And I think, you know, providing the service is one thing, providing quality service that helps people get better is a whole other thing. And that's something I think we're really striving to do is support our clinicians and strengthening that skill set. Just like with anything else, you know, it's all about the training and um, exposure that they get that truly sharpens those skills. And so we're, we're trying to do that. Um, but, you know, Shanika, in your years of experience as a behavioral health clinician, um, anything you want to add to that? I would say uh, specifically working with the uh, Bridgeport community or, you know, ev- um, even with um, just any uh, urban community, what I've found is um, those those statistics may, you know, be accurate, but uh, as a clinician, what we like to um, address, we like to address those issues, but on top of that, uh, really build on their level of resilience and mm-hmm. strength um, to continue day yeah. to day. And um, that's, that's a word I see a lot yeah. uh, in, in the website. Mm-hmm. Resilience is something that appears over and over again. So, and what, what is, what is the, what are some of the techniques? I mean, what, what does that uh, mean to you in terms of trying to build resilience? Yeah. So, you know, if, if, if you, you think about it in general, if you, if you're talking to someone um, on a regular basis and you only focus on the negative, then it causes them to sit and soak and yeah. marinate only in that narrative and in that uh, negative narrative. So, 
um, you know, if if we address that part and, you know, they're able to release that uh, from from their lives or at least, mm. you know, compartmentalize in a way, then when you focus or shift the focus uh, to, you know, the strengths and, and ways that they have um, persevered throughout, you know, those traumas right. um, and, and use those uh, skills to focus on the the future Mm -hmm. and how they can continue in healthier ways than, you know, having a, a, you know, forward look and and thinking that (laughs) there's optimism there, you know, that's tricky because I, I, you know, the statistics will show one point of view, but you know, these are, these are people, right? Mm -hmm. So these people behind the numbers. I would just add to that, that I think sometimes, you know, I think the people of Bridgeport could teach us a thing or two about resilience, right? Right. Mm. I I think that's the absolute truth. And part of hosting this, um, creating from the heart event is, yeah, we're going to talk about, you know, what is urban trauma, but we're also going to celebrate a lot of the beautiful things that make Bridgeport such a wonderful place to live yeah. and work and and live your life, right? And I think that is something to um, Shanika's point that people need to understand. It's, you know, it's important how you view your community and we want people to feel proud of the beautiful things in Bridgeport as well. Um, so creating that balance. Um, well, again, we're talking with uh, Edith Boyle, who's the president and CEO of uh, LifeBridge, and they have an event coming up on uh, April 27th. It's free to the public, and it runs from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. It's called Creating from the Heart. There's going to be uh, a number of talks, and there's an art uh, art exhibit. There's an auction online. And uh, I'm going to take a quick music break, and we're going to get... Um, Uh, Say Adams on the phone. Okay, so we'll we'll be right back. This is WPKN uh, Community Radio GM Report to the listeners. Okay, and uh, back we are. Uh, This is WPKN, the uh, GM Report to the listeners. And on the phone I have uh, Say Adams, who's... uh, going to be a featured keynote speaker at the event that we've been talking about with LifeBridge, the Creating from the Heart, and I'm just going to give him just a quick uh, intro. Uh, I did that at the beginning of the show, but for those of you just joining us, uh, I I guess the the amazing thing about, uh, say, Adams is if you just say the fact that he was the founding creative director of Def Jam Recordings, if uh, any of you uh, lived through the 80s and and the birth of hip-hop, you certainly know about Def Jam. Uh, recordings, but much more than being part of that record uh, label, he's also been a graphic designer, an artist, a teacher, and he has a lot to say, uh, I think. And uh, perhaps, uh, well, welcome, welcome, say, to uh, WPKN. I think um, I'm going to have, maybe if you could talk a little bit about, um, you know, as a keynote speaker, uh, what you're going to be talking about uh, for this event uh, coming up uh, on April 27th. Okay, let's see. Me on. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah, there you go. Okay, cool. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to you know be coming to town, and you know, I'm always excited when I get an opportunity to talk to young people and folks from specific communities because. You know, that's the work that I do. I travel around the country, and I basically preach the the gospel of uh, hip-hop. And, 
I talk about my journey and I talk about what it was like growing up in the 80s as, you know, first a, a teenager and a 20-something and just, you know, being alive at this really cool time when my friends like Jean-Michel Basquiat and Keith Haring and Run DMC and the Beastie Boys and LL Cool J and everybody was out there doing their thing and really trying to make their mark. And it, it's just it's just mind-boggling to me to think that so much time has passed, but I'm really excited about it. Yeah, no, I think it's... Uh, I, we're just coming off of an event that was down in Westport that was celebrating the uh, 50th anniversary of hip-hop and... And Razul, were you there? Did, were you at that event down no, at the Verso Fest? Okay, yeah, that was pretty cool because uh, I guess the. Um, have you been to Bridgeport before? With uh, are you? Uh, I have. Yeah. I have actually very recently. Yeah. As a matter of fact. Yeah, the Skinny Boys were reunited uh, on that stage. Remember, <laughs> remember them? <laughs> I do actually. Yeah, it was it was quite a good event. So uh, anyway, it's it's going to be fun to, to have you back in Bridgeport, and this is going to be a great event. It's a the, the Knowlton is uh, just one of these hip spots uh, in Bridgeport. It's um, it's uh, one of a kind, really. So I think uh, I think it'll be a pretty cool place to deliver a keynote uh, address. Um, do you want to add anything at all in, in terms of uh, you know his uh, his keynote and what it means for your organization? Yeah, yeah um, um, I think that. One of the reasons we selected Say in particular is he has, in addition, you know, over the course of his career, is also well known for his his um, murals and you know that he's an excellent muralist as well. Hmm. And um, you know, I was just going to add that as part of this beloved community theme um, for this event. The youth that are participating in our after-school program, they've been learning about Martin Luther King Jr.'s Six Principles of Nonviolence. And that second principle states that nonviolence seeks to win friendship and understanding, and the purpose of nonviolence is, to, is the creation of a beloved community. So as part of this event, um, Bridgeport youth um, are learning these principles, and they're going to be designing, they are currently designing, and will be implementing a community mural um, here in Bridgeport. So it's nice to sort of tie in Say's um, experience and, um, yeah, you yeah. know, what he knows about mm -hmm. that um, and his over his career with uh, that piece of the event as well. Yeah, those murals. You know, well, yeah. uh, no, I was going to just say, you know, um, I did uh, a mural uh, dedicated to Martin Luther King for the Juilliard School here in uh, New York City. And very recently, um, I met Martin Luther King III at uh, a gala at the Smithsonian. And I told him that his mother and father were really important in my family growing up as a kid, which, you know, I, I imagine um, is the, uh, you, you know, the feeling of a lot of people. But it was really great to meet this man that probably is the same age as me and we were probably, you know, well, we were what? We were young kids when his father, you know, was killed. But his message obviously still lives on. And I just want young people to know that that's the inspiration for why I do this kind of work. Because I, I think that in a lot of ways, 
the baton was handed to us. And it's our job to be our own community leaders. And for me, coming from the hip hop community, I think that that's what's really important, letting young people know not only you know what your journey was like, you know me in particular, but you know how I make the work that I make, and if there's anything I can do to inspire people, that's the message that I want to leave behind when I, I'm talking to folks. Yeah, oh, that's that's great. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. Uh, again, creating from the heart. It's uh, going to be on April 27th at the Knowlton, which is. Uh, Really a great, a great space. Um, any other uh, comments or feedback? Uh, anyone want to ask, uh, uh, say any questions about his um, his uh, talks that he does or his uh, some of his work that he's uh, producing? No, I'm sure excited to see uh, his keynote on uh, uh, next week. Yeah. that's going to be awesome. So, how how many uh, talks do you do? Uh, would you say on an annual basis? Say. Eh? Wow, you're going to press me. Yeah. I mean, is <laughs> um, you know, um, I, I travel a lot. You're on the road a lot, yeah. Trying, uh, but I've been trying to stay in the studio because, you know, I am a practicing artist. And so my, you know, work is making art and, you know, going from, you know, gallery to gallery, museum to museum. But that's what I do. But the other thing that I do is I, I travel around and I talk to young people and I explain what it was like, like I mentioned earlier, growing up at this, you know, really amazing moment in American history. And we did not know that we were creating, uh, you know, this foundation that was going to resonate 50 years later. Yeah. It's, it's amazing right. to even say it out loud. Well, it was um, at the uh, event that took place, uh, I guess, two weeks ago in Westport at their library. They had a scratch-off with about six of the uh, top uh, turntablists from the early 80s from Bridgeport. And they had, uh, they had cameras set up above the turntable so you could actually see them, you know, creating their beats and scratching. And it was... Uh, it was a very cool event, you know. Uh, I, there's going to be so many more uh, things coming out with this idea of, of like, the 50th anniversary. There, I think there's, down in the Bronx, I saw there's uh, an incredible lineup, I think. Is it in May? With, like, literally every major hip-hop artist on the stage, you know, from Africa, yeah, Bambada, yeah. to to you name it, you know, to... Chuck D and, yeah, I, you and know, Public Enemy, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, we have a, a great mayor whose name is Eric Adams, who is also the name of my son. And I think he really understands how hip-hop brings people together. And now we're at that age where all of our cultural pioneers are, you know, getting older. And it's really important for young people to know you know, the legacy of how this all started and, and why they're so excited about it. And, you know, in rock and roll, it, it sort of required learning to know who the people are that came before you. But hip-hop has always been slow in doing that. We made people think that old school was a bad word. And the only thing that matters is what's young and fresh. But now we know 
But that's not the case. We have to celebrate these pioneers because without them, the younger ones wouldn't have had any idea about making this music and art and dance. And, And the whole culture would not have existed if it wasn't for, you know, pioneers like myself and a bunch of others. Right, right. Well, we're going to be uh, lucky to have you here in Bridgeport, and I'm certainly I'm going to be going, and it's a free event. Uh, so um, I don't know. I think that's uh, when you say free, and you've got uh, art, and you've got uh, <laughs> you've got great speakers, and you've got uh, some some healing thoughts uh, in the room. You know, it's a pretty a pretty great event. Uh, thanks again for uh, for calling in, and uh, anything else you want to add or. Good. Well, we'll see you. I'm really excited, and I'll see everyone on April 27th. And just please tell your friends and come on out and support, and let's celebrate the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. Great. Sounds like a plan. All right. Thanks again. Uh, Say Adams. All right. Take care. All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah. I think that's going to be quite a quite a, a keynote speaker. Um, thank you again for coming into the studios. I think we're going to, if there's anything else you guys want to add, uh, otherwise, uh, again, maybe information on the website and the auction auction process yes, would be yes. good. Again, um, go to our website at lifebridgect.org. Um, there's information both about the art auction and information about the event. You can also register there. Again, it's free all ages, so families can bring their kiddos. Um, you don't have to have kiddos to come. <laughs> Adults can, can come. Um, but please, let's take advantage of um, this, this wonderful event and just to bring the community together and celebrate Bridgeport. Right. Well, thank you for coming into the studio, Edith Boyle, and also to Shanika Rucker and Razul Branch, and uh, to Say Adams on the phone. So, uh, have a wonderful event, and uh, I'll see you on the 27th. How's that sound? Great. Thank All you. right. We're going to go out with this, and we'll bring our next guest in on WPKN. This is a GM report to the listeners. I'm Steve DiCostanzo. Uh, we're uh, segueing now to uh, maybe thinking a, a bit about uh, Earth Day. Uh, and I have a couple of guests that uh, are here in the studio, and we're going to talk a little bit about... Uh, Public transportation, which um, yeah, it's so it's so incredibly important. You know, I, I lived in New York for a long time, and uh, now I live in Black Rock. But uh, for twenty years, I mean, I was take I was taking public transportation everywhere. You know, in the subways through from the early eighties, which you know there was a little tricky in the early eighties. It got a little bit better. As it went, but you know, a lot of times I also transitioned to buses. I mean, buses in New York are incredible. I mean, they were maybe sometimes, uh, except that maybe going cross town was a little difficult. Uh, from uh, it depends on when you were traveling, but you can still travel by bus in Bridgeport from Black Rock to where we sit right now. Yeah, that's right. I I, I, I see them. Uh, I see people at the bus stops on my bike uh, when I, I'm taking my early morning bike ride. I, I see um, and. Uh, I, I see all kinds of, uh, of buses. And, uh, well, let me tell you who we've got uh, in, in the studio. Uh, Doug Holcomb is the CEO of the, grid, of the Greater Bridgeport Transit uh, Authority. I don't know if you call it the authority. This is Greater Bridgeport Transit, Greater, GBT. Yeah, GBT. And uh, he's, he's, been, um, he's been here before, but in the old studio. So 
Yeah, I love yeah. the new studio, but I do, I did, I do have fond memories of the old studio. The old it was studio. a maze of, uh, of it, records. It, it was a maze. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, more than a maze. Sometimes it was kind of a, a bit of a pigsty, but uh, that's all right. You know, um, this is this is uh, we all enjoy having some more light anyway coming in through some windows. Uh, so welcome, Doug, uh, to the new studios, and and then Matt Pence. Uh, is um, is the CEO of uh, Norwalk uh, Transit, uh, and that is now there's a D after that, so that's Norwalk Transit District. District, that's there who we, we are. Yep. Yeah, um, and I've got some uh, some questions, uh, a couple of questions that I just wanted to to kind of throw out there uh, since the last time. Uh, you know, I, I'm curious about like like the inventory of buses. You know, I, I do see a lot of buses in in Bridgeport, and I. I, when I'm down in Norwalk, I, I see a fair number of buses as well. But uh, like, what, what you know, what is just some of the raw numbers like? Uh, the buses, the yeah, bus fleet. Like how many buses? What's the I, bus fleet look like? Um, I'll go first with that. Yeah. Um, at GBT, we've got 57 city buses, yeah. 40 foot city buses, and another 30 mini buses for people with disabilities. Yeah. And I'm happy to say that now 8 percent of that fleet is full electric buses. Yeah. Electric buses. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And. Um, how many routes do you do you run? Uh, there's 17 routes, yeah. all all uh, pulsing out of the hub right downtown Bridgeport. This, I was going to ask you about that. This um, so the the hub right there, it's right next to the train station, more or less, right? Right. And and there's also there's full coordination with uh, uh, with Metro North. Like in other words, do you have sequenced buses sometimes for? Well, the one of the things that's fairly unique in Bridgeport is that the train station and the bus hub are right together. That happens yeah. in some other places in Connecticut, but not but not everywhere. And so all of the buses arrive at the bus station. There's a pedestrian bridge, or mm -hmm. you can stay on Water Street to get to the train station. Um, the peak period trains are more frequent than the buses are, so you have to kind of time your bus yeah. ride to do that. But, uh, you know, lots of people, at least pre-pandemic, were doing that. Yeah. And, and in terms of... Um uh, you know, trips that, you know, in terms of just looking through, I mean, COVID obviously was, was kind of a bizarre time, right? I, I don't even, I mean, what happened during COVID, by the way? I mean, it's you, a blur, right? Well, uh, yeah, it did happen with, with transport, with public transportation. I mean, what, so what, right. what did you um, go through for that? Social distancing in public transportation and public transportation are—they don't get along. Right. No, exactly. um, so we had a, a, a big drop in ridership right at the beginning in March of uh, 2020, mm -hmm. and then spikes, ups and downs all through those various phases. And today we're back to pre-pandemic yeah. ridership levels. Fantastic. Yeah. And Norwalk similar uh, in terms of. Uh, well, are you, how long have you been uh, on, on in this position now? Yeah, so in this position I've been on since January. Yeah. So I'm still relatively new as a okay. chief executive officer. Yeah. I've been in, uh, the head of the finance department for five years. Right, um, right. So Congratulations. Some, thank new, you. New to the, new yeah. to the CEO. Appreciate it. Yeah, um, yeah so we, you know, we, we have uh, about, about 75, 80 vehicles, um, mm -hmm. similar to, to Bridgeport, a split between the fixed route vehicles and the smaller paratransit vehicles, also used for microtransit. Um, but yeah, I mean, our COVID experience was similar with the social distancing yeah. and PPE, uh, but we had to make sure service was on the road for the yeah, essential workers. Right. And um, yeah, it was a challenge, but um, I was really proud of the organization to get through that. And like Doug said, you know, ridership's recovering. We're seeing it exceed pre-pandemic levels, which mm. is a wonderful thing. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, I mean, it's just it's so incredibly important, you know, because... I mean, my, my, my story about living in New York, I mean, New York, you don't really, I mean, cars were, 
were a luxury. <laughs> you know, you, you didn't really, it, it, they were also a hassle, right? So it was sometimes easier just to, to take public transportation. It's a little different up here, you know, but for a lot of, for a lot of people, it's, it's, you know, they're using it, it's their lifeline, you know, to get to a job and to put uh, yeah, there, food on I mean, the table. And, there, there's yeah. some people that have a choice, you know, of modes, but I think many, many of the riders um, depend on the bus for all of their transportation needs, you know, whether it's work or, you know, social event or mm-hmm. medical, any of those types of things. And, you know, Matt's right. During the, the, we worked with the DOT and all the transit agencies statewide, you know, as a big network um, during the pandemics and nobody shut down. There were yeah. changes, route changes. And one of the biggest problems during the pandemic was were staffing levels. And even in the mm-hmm. post-pandemic period, a lot of industries had that transportation, and specifically the buses. Right. Are no exception to that. Yeah, I'm glad we're a little bit beyond that, though. You know, you always scratch your head and wonder what's coming, what's coming down. You know, in the next few months, we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, it, how it, the, the idea of um, electric vehicles uh and specifically buses so you, you both your fleets are kind of roughly around you know eight to ten percent electric or we do don't you, have any electric at this point we don't. Have, uh, okay. yeah we're just about to start a facility renovation which will lay the groundwork for mm. electrification so we're a few years out but we're in the planning phases yeah so yeah pretty much all gasoline and that's proper place to be because the facilities are a much bigger issue than we thought that they would be when we started this in 2018 right yeah i think we talked a lot about the electric buses uh, when we were, you know, you were last here in the studio. But uh, so what what are, you know, so 9%, what is the, the timetable? Is, uh, is there a... Uh, uh, is there a rush to try to get, you know, uh, more um, buses that are electric? Steve, yeah. Yeah. Some people are rushing. Others are not. All across the country, mm. transit agencies have a different idea how they want to approach yeah. this. That if was one of my, my questions. It was going to be, how does it... How does Bridgeport and Norwalk, how do they look against other either cities of similar sizes or even in Europe or Asia? You know, you know my experience has been, um, and we've been running the buses now for a couple of years, uh, that that there's there's all different. I mean, there's an old, a saying that goes, if you've seen one transit district, you've seen one transit district. Yeah. They have a different idea how they want to do this. Right. The first When we first started the project, though, the question really was, were the buses... Um, could they match what a diesel could do in terms of range and duration on the road? A mm-hmm. diesel bus could be out there 16-plus hours a day. Right. And um, the first generations of the electric buses didn't really do that. But today, they're, they're very close to that. Mm-hmm. So our first buses were 440 kilowatt. And we, didn't even, we hadn't received them yet last time I, I was here in the, in the studio. Okay. Um, and, then, oh. and, and now the most recent three that just arrived, we're just commissioning them now, mm-hmm. just arrived in January, um, are 668 so uh, kilowatt hours battery mm-hmm. packs, so they'll last longer. But the, definitely the facility charging infrastructure, energy availability, these much larger questions that right. accompany a transition of the fleet. Where, where do you park your fleet? I, have I seen it? You would have to come to our garage over on Cross Street, Cross back Street. behind Frankie's Diner in that area huh. back there. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I've seen That's it. where they are. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome to visit yeah, anytime you like. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I'd like to, you know, in the whole kind of... Uh, system of washing a bus must be interesting to to see um but uh so uh, as i'm thinking about um, some of the electric buses are they are they all are they sourced domestically are they made by uh, us manufacturers or they or are you, they, they are so yeah. whenever you buy um mm. 
anything with federal money uh, from the Federal Trans Administration, there's Buy America requirements. Okay. They have to be now 70% domestic content and final assembly mm-hmm. in the United States. Ours were built by a company called Proterra and the first two in um, Greenville, South Carolina, and the second three in L.A. and a new plant mm-hmm. in L.A. Yeah. And and uh, in, in terms of Norwalk, uh, are you looking for similar? Are you you guys kind of putting your heads together and drafting off of uh, uh, each other? I guess because you actually there is a little bit of a uh, a project I think that is that you have the coastal network. Is that is that correct? In other words, you're already in kind of a joint venture that uh, yeah, yeah we do. We we jointly um, operate the coastal link with the Greater Bridgeport Transit District or Authority or. GBT and uh, and Milford. So um, that's one of our most um, productive routes. So, yeah, we look at what our partners are doing. Um, We are in the planning phases for electrification, so Mm. not really sure how it's all going to come together. There's a two-year wait list for getting an electric bus. So as we step in in Norwalk. two-year waiting list. Yeah. Yep. So as we step in in Norwalk and start our facility work, at the same time, we need to be planning ahead for electrification. Um, Huh. Are there... Are there multiple manufacturers, I mean, in, in the U.S.? I mean, like more than yeah, the, the, 10 uh, or 5? The Department or? of Transportation in Connecticut here is doing a great job in kind of uh, corralling this for mm-hmm. the state. Leadership, very bold yeah. approach to this. Good. And so uh, they put together specification packages that others can purchase off of. So, mm-hmm. And I think right now they're in, I can't speak for them, but they're in the process of kind of peppering these um, introductory fleets into various parts of Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, in terms of funding, you, you, we talked. You're talking about the state government, but also on the federal side. Is um, do you feel like uh, there's leadership there in terms of um, you know really green lighting and kind of pushing money for uh, electric vehicles? I mean, are you satisfied? At, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in, in fact, the first um, the first project, our first project, which we're just wrapping up now, the five buses I mentioned, were purchased under what the um, Federal Transit Administration released as a low or no emissions program, low no grants, mm-hmm. and they're designed specifically to allow transit agencies to partner with manufacturers um, to to put more electric buses on the street. Yeah. So yeah, the, and and with the bipartisan Infrastructure Act, and I don't know the numbers, but the, but the um, the amount of funding available for that program is has expanded mm-hmm. you know, dramatically. So yeah, there's there's definitely the, a lot. Right. And at the state level, there's a prohibition that was passed in in uh, last uh, the 22 um, session of the General Assembly. There was a prohibition against the state investing in any more diesel propulsion systems oh, okay. after January 2024. Oh, that's yeah. So that's, there's motivation. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, interesting. Uh, well, we're, uh, we're again talking with uh, Doug Holcomb, who is the CEO of the Greater Bridgeport Transit, and Matt Pence, who is uh, with the Norwalk uh, uh, Transportation Department, and happy to have them both here. And uh, I guess uh, I know that there's some celebrations being planned by Greater Bridgeport f- uh, for Earth Day, and maybe we can hear a few of the uh, elements that are going to be happening uh in Bridgeport, and uh, you know, if you have some as well, oh, Matt, yeah. then uh, you can also chime in as well. But let's let's start with uh, sure. with, with you, Doug. Sure, we've we've been doing it. I don't know for more than a decade now. Have, kind of thanking the riders for using mm-hmm. public transportation um, for years. 
transit agencies kind of claim the environmental benefits of riding the bus, it really uh, is a result of people choosing to take the bus. And the more people that choose it, the better Mm -hmm. uh, impact it it will have. But on Friday, we have some giveaways starting at 7 o'clock at 710 Water Street, the bus station. And then again at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, some T-shirts with the design by local artist Jack Tom. Um, And we have live music this year. Susan's recommendation, um, some jazz pianists coming to the That's terminal. Right. So cool. Yeah, nice. Live music, yep. I think there's somebody that must have chosen the uh, seated cards, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good team. There. Uh, yes, it is a good team. Uh, uh, I know you have uh, some very a good, very good uh, PR department, and uh, they're always on top of things. Uh, how about in Norwalk? What's what's happening? Yeah, uh, so we're partnering with the Norwalk Land Trust. Um, they coordinate mm, an event nice. on the green for Saturday. So from eleven to two p.m., there'll be an event there. A lot of the the local partners will be there. The, Nor- the Norwalk Bike Walk Commission. So we're doing our part to help promote that. We have some posters on the buses, and we'll be there. Um, we'll be there, kind of set up with the table. And there's a slogan, you know, walk, bike, bus, and get to the green without your machine so um we're kind of just um taking advantage of that and we're going to be there we have a bus that's being wrapped and we're just gonna you know promote the whole green um you know fewer vehicles on the road concept well very good and and i think it's uh it's very appropriate to be talking to you both uh, as we uh ease into earth day and i wanted to, to thank you guys for coming uh coming by the studios doug holcomb and matt pence and I, I, it seems like I'm, you know, Bridgeport has their act together, and it sounds like Norwalk does too. I don't know about the other cities, but uh, <laughs> I, I think there's probably pretty smart. They're all doing good work, men and women all across Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. So thanks again, appreciate it, and uh, that's going to be about it for the uh, GM report to the listeners for the month of April. And uh, I hope to see many of you, um, well, out at uh, Earth Day, Earth Day, <laughs> and also at uh, Music Mash. Uh, Right here in Bridgeport uh, this Saturday for a big record fair. Thanks. Be well.